SG TradeX is a centralized data platform that acts as a common data highway across the global supply chain ecosystem to plug gaps in supply chains, which traditionally had relied heavily on paper-based systems that lack efficiency, transparency, and sustainability. At least that's the advertisement. <laughs> now, SG TradeX is touted as a new type of public and neutral infrastructure in a digital era that allows for data connections to be made to a wide range of data contributors and data users across the world. So it's not limited to Singapore, put it this way. Now, what does SG TradeX uh, sell for businesses and government departments, not just in Singapore, but elsewhere? With us today on Podcast for Future CIO is Stu Garrow, SVP and GM for Asia Pacific at Talent, to talk about the challenges and opportunities that the universal data platform promises to offer for those in the supply chain business. Stu, welcome to Podcast for Future CIO. Alan, thanks so much. Uh, it's great to be here and have the opportunity to, uh, to share with your listeners. The big number that's presented by the data platform, or SG TradeX, is uh, supposedly $100 million in value by 2026. Now, when working with enterprise data to make decisions, why is it crucial that executives trust or can trust their data rather than just using their intuition? Well, I think a lot of it is exactly what you just said, that, you know, $100 million. Data generates an incredible amount of value, right? It's the new oil in business today. Everybody says, hey, I want to be a data-driven organization. And so Talon, you know, recently did a survey, the Data Health Survey in Asia Pacific specifically. 96% of executives said they still face challenges accessing and working with the data that they have. And I think a lot of that is to do with the fact they just have so much data. And it's in many cases, it isn't a lack of data. It's simply too much data that causes a problem. Because what we get is 36% of those executives also said that they don't actually use the data. And then they would rather rely on intuition and their gut feel, their experience to make decisions than the data they have because they simply don't trust it. And so without that last step of trust, you could have data which is perfect and accurate and governed and complied and you know it's being brought together and you've got this perfect view of things. But unless you have trust of that data, then people won't use it. And as soon as that happens, then you have key people in a business making decisions based on gut feel. And, and at the moment, I think we're in a, a crazy time where you know the economic situation is changing once again. And all of a sudden, you know, organizations need to be making very critical decisions. And anything that ends in $100 million, you know, that's collectively. But you know, I think every organization, this can have really big financial impacts um, on the organization. So I think the big thing, first of all, is really that trust is what allows people to make decisions. And if they don't trust it, that last Last mile, that last gap between I've got perfect data, then it just doesn't happen. And then organizations will miss out on the opportunity to really be data-driven. From my understanding, people interpret things differently. So in the context of our discussion for this morning, perhaps we could set the baseline for, if you could define for us, what exactly is a data supply chain? And more importantly, what is it not? So most people would be familiar with the concept um, of a supply chain. And the supply chain, you know, in the building of value is an organization working with a series of other organizations with a product. Pieces, you know, are supplied to me. I bring them together. I value add that and I create some product of value. And data really is no different. Within an organization, and this is where most people have focused, within an organization, you'll have a supply chain of data. Data is no longer complete on its own. Within an organization, you know, the survey showed today that your average large organization is dealing with 400 enterprise data sources or more. And a lot of that has come from things like proliferation.
generation of SaaS applications. Instead of, you know, having maybe tens or dozens of applications, you know, a few years ago, as people have moved to the cloud and SaaS applications, now I have streaming data sources coming from social media and IoT. I've got legacy and on-prem. I've got cloud. I've got SaaS. 400 data sources that I'm trying to bring together. And so the concept of a supply chain within an organization is really bringing together that flow of static data and dynamic data, the streaming data, that's all coming together to create a product of value. And the data is that product. So the data is required for us to be able to make great decisions within an organization. And so I have this internal supply chain. Think of it as a flow of data from each of the different data sources coming through. I need to bring it together. I need to merge it. I need to augment that data, create maybe a 360 view of my customer, my product, my supplier, you know, whoever I'm, I'm dealing with, that's with 360 view of data. I need to not only do that, but also make sure that that data is high quality and that it is also governed both internally and externally. Because in order to be able to unlock the value of that data, you have to be able to use it. And I think this is one of the things that we often see is that people miss where value is created from data. Bringing data together, putting it all in a giant data warehouse, munging it together, running data quality rules, making it perfect and timely and accurate and complete. If I'm not allowed to use it because it doesn't meet my internal governance or the external compliance requirements that I have, then no value is created because 100% of the value of data is created when it is consumed. And so that whole supply chain is typically done internal. Now, I think what we're seeing is that's now moved outside the organization as organizations don't just rely on their own data, they rely on data from many other organizations, government organizations, international suppliers, financial organizations, in bringing that data together in this continuous supply chain that's no longer just within the bounds of the organization. It is bringing all of that together. And so that really is the supply chain of data is bringing all of that together to unlock and create data of value that we can consume to generate you know, business value for our, our organizations. We've been on this journey of data maturity. If you look at best practices and learnings for many organizations in the region and perhaps around the world, what are the measures that the companies, particularly those in the supply chain, can take to achieve the so-called digital or <clears throat> data maturity that they're longing to have, while at the same time mitigating the risks against disruptions that we've seen, particularly in the last couple of years? It's a great question you ask, Alan. And it's interesting if you asked 100 different executives that, you'd get 100 different answers. Because as people go through that process, and we get to work with thousands of, you know, both small, medium, and, and the largest organizations on the planet, and it's pretty consistent in what goes through, people will often focus on different data problems. Some people will say, I have so many data sources I need to bring together and connecting to all of that data and grabbing it in real time, or I need to be able to put it all together and store it somewhere. I need to put it all in the cloud. I need to move it. And other people will say, well, yeah, we can move data and connect data, but the quality is no good. I need to focus on the quality. And other people will say, well, no, that's not my problem. It's it's a governance problem or it's a compliance problem or it's a self-service problem. It's everybody sees a different piece of the elephant. And you know, I think one of the things that Talent has really done is step back and look at this problem and refocus our entire organization 
organization on trying to solve this. And where we've got to is this concept of data health. And data health is about how well an organization's data supports its business objectives. It's really about saying, if I have 400 data sources, then bringing all of this data together, most organizations don't have the time. The most valuable and rarest of all the resources is the people. There are not enough data analysts and data engineers and data scientists to actually deal with all the data that people have. And so what we need to do is stop looking at all of the data and trying to focus it on this problem from the bottom up. We need to focus on the problem from the top down. So what we do is we start with the business objectives first. And we say, instead of trying to bring all 400 data sources together, I could do that. I could have perfect data. It was complete and accurate and timely and governed. It was compliant. But if it delivers no value for the organization, then it is what we would consider unhealthy data. Because you've used the time and money and resources of the organization to bring together and process a whole bunch of data that generates exactly zero value. And so we work the other way around. We start with number one, what are you trying to do that requires data? Number two, what data supports that? Number three, what stops you doing it today? And we work through this continuous process, starting with the business outcomes first and working backwards to the data that is required to support it. And by doing this, you suddenly see the clouds part and you're able to focus on the set of data that you actually need to be able to support your objectives. So when we start with this concept that we'll never be able to process all of the data that we will ever have access to. And if you ask any executive today, do you get value from all of the data you have access to from in all the systems? People will always say no, right? Because they just can't. They just don't have enough resources. And so this is really from best practices is really starting from this data health approach. What are you trying to do? What data supports it? What stops you doing it today? And go through this process. And to do that, you've obviously got to have, you know, the platforms and the culture in place. You've got to have a, a sort of way of trusting the data that you have so that you can unlock that data. But this is what we would really consider the best practice. That single data platform that allows you to access the data, allows you to trust it and be able to support business objectives of high value first. And then when you've done the first one, stepping back and being able to support the next one. And this in a world of scarce resources and a requirement to do more with less is really what is delivering amazing outcomes for the organizations that are taking that approach. What can organizations outside of Singapore, those within the Asia-Pacific ecosystem, learn and benefit from the creation of SG Tradex? Should they be doing similar things in their respective regions or is SG Tradex sufficient to cater for the needs of the global supply chain? Look, it's another example. I've had many years of living in Singapore and watching Singapore really hit above its weight as a country, you know, on the global stage. It's a difficult problem. I mean, what SG Tradex has really set out to do, it is a really complex problem. Most organizations, I think 86% of organizations see sort of supply chain as one of the key things they want to optimize within their organization. But probably only 20%, I think, from the recent survey we did, about 20% of people think they actually got there after launching these kind of initiatives. So it's a really difficult problem because you have so many organizations in the supply chain process and they're spread out around the world with different systems, different geographies, and therefore different data sovereignty, different uh, you know, data governance and compliance requirements as you cross borders. It is a difficult problem. And you know, that's the one that Singapore has set out over many years, really building up to SG Tradex today to be able to provide that. Now, think of it once again in the supply 
supply chain internal organization, people will have that internal data supply chain. This is now taking it out you know, and multiplying an ecosystem of supply chains that says as each of the different players within the supply chain are themselves supplying data up into the next level, we start and link things together. And I think it's one of the great things that Singapore is able to, uh, because of its sort of technology leadership and thought leadership that's been driven uh, really by the Singapore government. It's something that Singapore has always been able to hit above its way. I think many will try and copy. Many different countries will look at what is being done with SG Tradex and say, hey, wow, that looks like a really good thing to do. We should try and copy that. But like many that have tried to copy Singapore before, it isn't always as easy as it looks. And it is all about the execution of this in bringing together so many players. I think also just Singapore's experience in this being, you know, one of the trading hubs of the world that, you know, the world relies on connecting, you know, different parts of Asia. In Europe and the rest of the world, it really does put Singapore in, in an amazing position to be able to execute this. I'm very excited to see what's happening with this. I don't think this is an overnight initiative. I think there's a number of initiatives that have built up to this over the last, I don't know, probably 15 years in automation and building all of the pieces of this puzzle that are really um, now coming to the surface and allowing SG Tradex to, to be a successful platform for the world. Now, just as a sidetrack to this, you know, cyber attacks against supply chains have become more frequent, aggressive, and disrupted, particularly in the last couple of years. Can't participants in the digital supply chain let down their guard against uh, data infringement from cyber criminals now that they have this SG Tradex? I think they can, yes. And I think this is where this concept of trust still comes in. And the way we look at trust of data and the way talent is part of the whole data fabric, we would look at this concept of a trust score. It says you still need to be able to trust the data that's coming in. Trust is not just a digital thing. There is a very human aspect to that. I'll give you an example of trust. If a set of data comes in from a third party and I'm the first person in the world to consume that data, how much do I trust that data? Even if it's perfect, complete and accurate and complied and it ticks all the boxes. If I'm the first one to use it, how much do I trust it? Whereas if I can see that, you know, 1,400 other organizations are all using this particular piece of data, how much do I trust it? If of those 1,400 people, you know, organizations that are using that data, if, you know, they've given it uh, community feedback and said, actually, this data is good versus this data is a one out of 10, you know, on the scale of trust. And so there's, it, trust is a many faceted thing. There's many things that we score into the data. Some of it is completely automated. And some of it, you know, feeds in, you know, the human aspect of it. It's really about saying, and it's a little bit like a viral attack. You know, when when someone gets a virus, unfortunately, some poor, you know, individual or organization gets a virus. At that point, the virus is seen and then the, you know, it'll replicate. A few people get caught, then something will get built to identify capture. and, And so I think you won't always be able to create a perfect system, but the use of a trust score allows us to identify data that isn't trusted and stop making decisions and stop the consumption of that data so that those kind of issues don't flow through an ecosystem and proliferate, you know, certainly in any long term, the kind of issues that might happen. So I won't try and say the world is perfect and you can you can stop all of those things, but there are certainly protections you can put in place so that you make sure that you trust the data and therefore you can get value from it. 
Speaking of which, our last question for this uh, podcast is, what would be your advice for companies looking to improve the effectiveness and quality of their data? I think we'd have, we'd have a few pieces of advice. I mean, from a technology perspective, you have to have a platform in place. You need to have a single platform and you can't necessarily think about just the use cases that you see today. Data platforms really are a sort of five to 10 year decision. You're, you're really saying that as an organization, this is an asset. You need to be able to support the use cases you see today and the use cases that you don't see today that you're probably going to hit anyway. So first of all, a single platform that supports an organization on-prem in the cloud around the world, not just, you know, a cloud-based thing, just not on-prem, not just for their legacy, not but a single platform. Because once you have that single platform where people can get data and find data and consume data, that's the step one. Step two is really the cultural side of how you think about it. It comes back to data health for us. So from that data health perspective, start with the business first. Don't start with the data first. Because if you start with the data, you'll be drowned and busy and spend all of your money budget money without generating value from your data. Start with data health. What are you trying to do that's supported by data? What data is required to support that? What stops you doing it today? Work through that process from the business objectives down and then make sure that you have the trust of the data. So making sure that once you have the data that people aren't then moving to gut feel. You've got to say, I build an ecosystem that allows us to trust the data and that therefore people will start and consume the data. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes an entire organization to raise quality data that people actually trust. And so it's bringing together those three things, the platform, the data health approach, the trust of high quality data. When you do those three things, you're going to be able to support the data initiatives you have today, but all of the ones you haven't thought about, they're going to come to you over the next few years as you become a data-driven organization that, that truly unlocks the value of the data that you have. Stu, thank you for joining us on Podcast for Future CIO. It's been great, Alan. I do appreciate being here. And thank you to all the listeners uh, that are tuning in that, that uh, I hope people get value from this. Thanks again, Alan. That was Stu Garrow, Senior Vice President and General Manager for Asia-Pacific Talent on the topic of transforming the data supply chain. You are listening into Podcast for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcast for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcast for Future CIO. Bye for now. Music